You know what time it is, baby boys and girls. Gather round, fellas and fellettes. It's tremendous time. Check the clock. It's got a T on it. Tom Whitcomb is on my right, and he is also brought in those sexy, sultry tones that are coming through your ears this evening, this this morning, this afternoon, uh, whenever you're listening to it. Tommy, tell us a little bit more about these talented fellas and fellettes. This is the band Light Entertainment, my friend James Dunlop, who's currently over in, uh, in the UK, used to be in uh, before they had one of the messiest fallouts I think a completely unsuccessful band could possibly have. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm going to guess. I, I, I can think of a bunch of different things that, that made them fall out. Can oh, okay. It's um, he's. I, I will point out, James will definitely be listening, and James is having a pretty tough time right now in lockdown <laughs> in the UK, and it's a very... Oh, man, what a story okay, it is. Okay, okay, so, okay. It's, if, is it obscure enough to give me two guesses? Oh, I think you'll get it. It's... it's is it women? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I only needed them for. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, cuz so I said it's unsuccessful. So it wasn't it wasn't money. Isn't that <laughs> awful like like some someone had a bad set and then their girlfriend was like, "I like the bass player tonight." <laughs> I definitely also thing to happen. I don't think that's ever happened in the in the history of like girl bands breaking up. It's like, <laughs> was it a guy? <laughs> a true. How much more? You, uh, do you reckon female bands are like like the Dixie Chicks were way more united than Van Halen? <laughs> they just would never step on each other's grass, kind of thing. You know? Do you reckon every girl band has their period in sync? <laughs> well, I'm not going on. <laughs> Cancel it. <laughs> we all feel fat tonight. <laughs> that's that, that was it. They all just sunk up too many times, cancelled too many shows, and that's why they never... <laughs> I was listening... I was chatting to Sam Menzies this afternoon about this podcast, and one of the things he said was, our podcast is one of the most playful uses of toxic masculinity. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's all of the hallmarks of toxic masculinity, but without, without any of like the nastiness of it. I was like, no one gets punched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna lean into that hard like by it. coming in with some misnomers about periods. You guys are like cats with a ball of string that is made up of toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no fuck. That's um okay. So without do you want do you not want to get into it? Oh, uh, it was. Uh, I'm intrigued. So it it was basically James and his partner were like uh, and the band. And then all the offshoots of the band were like this kind of um, this big group together. And they were all like the music and the friendships were all very interlinked. And then his relationship ended in spectacular fashion. And uh, he the, and I think at the same time, James is going through some stuff, broke up the band. Uh, the band weren't happy about it and the picked sides. And then James moved to England. And here we are. Shit. Yeah, it's pretty full on. Long way to take your ball and go home. (laughs) (laughs) Like that does. So no one slept with his partner. Uh, Not at the time, but since uh, his partner is now uh, with the drummer of the band. What a uh, douchebag! Who was once upon a time James's best friend. Of all the women in the world, of all the women in the world, (laughs) like that you could have picked, you go to this. Like you just happen to go to your best friends. She, she. I saw what you saw in her, bro. I couldn't help. Shut the (laughs) fuck up, you fucking. What a. Simp. <laughs> I hope you're Shout listening out to this. Hank, if you're listening. Hank, you're a fucking piece of shit. I'm on your side, fucking. What's this guy, James? James. James. Uh, team James. I think you'd like James. I think ja- you, you I like and James him already. would get along. Uh, shout out to James. Fuck uh, his James. And fuck Hank, the, the small tank. <laughs> big, big love to James. I know he's having a, a bit of a tough time over in lockdown right now. Isn't it crazy that big love, London... James. 
is so fucked right now. Like the UK. I'm sort of ignorant with how bad it, like even my sister, she lives in Melbourne and they have it much worse than we do. Um, yeah. And I still don't even really sympathize because, you know, I'm not there. Yeah. I think I, I'm starting to have the same reaction to people I see on TV as people on the street when I see them wearing masks. I'm like, yes, it's over guys. What are you doing? Oh my like, God. And they go, oh no, wait, true, <laughs> you're in America where a thousand people die every hour. Dude, I, do you reckon, I don't if you're a conspiracy theorist, do you reckon that that's like, that you're just trying to callous the nation by making cl- bigger class systems where you're like, that's the guy, oh, you guys are really sick. Guess that's just the dice you would dealt. <laughs> the <laughs> dice you would dealt? <laughs> Deal me some of them dice. <laughs> you don't want these dice. <laughs> no. My favorite part of that as well was like, you posing a hypothetical question, which is clearly just your perspective. Like, if you were a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> like, no, if hypothetically you'd seen the Tower 7 footage. No, no, no. Well, I will say that of all the p- p- potential, like the Rolodex of potential ideas that come through my head, there's at least one of them that is a tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, I mean, our first ever podcast that we recorded with, well, the first one we did with proper equipment, the first 10 minutes was just us talking about 9-11 conspiracy theories. Do you remember like, that episode? Oh, yeah. Has this oh ever been done on a podcast God. before? Surely I not. I got through... I think I got through my third impassioned uh, sentence and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Especially because it was the first one. And we like, first time with proper microphones and headphones and the board. And I'm listening to you go on about your 9-11 conspiracy theories. And I'm like, is this the podcast I've started? <laughs> is this the podcast I'm going to be on for the rest of my <laughs> that life? That was the sentence followed by, have I made a mistake? <laughs> no, okay. All right. So um, a quick little update from last week. Um, am I missing anything here with, uh, what was it called? Public control or what's public control? The band? What was it called? Oh, light entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Light entertainment guys. Check that out. Um, I don't think they're the Garen anymore. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. They got yo (laughs) code. Okay. Um, uh, guys last week, uh, I said that I had seven gigs to Tom's eight. Oh yeah. Okay. So are we starting fresh? Cause that was like February 27th or whatever. So is it the no, month of start, March? We're starting fresh. We're starting fresh. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I do have something to say because I didn't get my seven. I was supposed to have seven. I ended up getting six, Tom, because that night of the podcast that I went, I get to the venue, say hello to everyone, and I think that I have a couple spots ahead of me. I have but one spot ahead of me. <laughs> and there's, I go upstairs for a cigarette, come down, and the MC's like, Michelle Azevedo was like... I was calling you. <laughs> I missed my spot. The room runner was like, she was a little bit too happy to tell me that I missed my spot. You what? know what I mean? Oh, like, wow. Why? It, what do you I mean? Happy to tell you? It just, you know, those people that are excited to see you distressed. And yeah. I just took it like a it serial killer. And I was just like, <laughs> it happens. Good night. <laughs> I, got, I was like, I was just uh, went uh, back uh, to cutting uh, eyes out of the pictures of women. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I knew that I had, an, I had like a double there. So I was doing the Friday and Saturday. I was like, See you tomorrow. And uh, I messaged Mark David, guy running the room, to get my friends a couple tickets on the show. The next night, I said, uh, guys, uh, I said, um, I got a couple guys that want to come to the show. Is that cool? And he goes, yeah, no problem. Don't miss your set, smiley face. (laughs) 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 So I do that set. I get there. And um, as I'm about to get on stage, I have a joke where I quickly, I I briefly mention people in wheelchairs. Paraplegics is the key word. And um, I go to the little, uh, (coughs) pardon me little green room area for the comedians and um i notice that there are there's a seat at a table another seat at a table and a wheelchair at a table 
with a guy sitting in it. And uh, I go, okay, make sure you don't do that joke. I'm so glad I saw that. No one would have mentioned it to me. And this is just about to, I'm going to say, go on stage. And for some reason, my brain doesn't just steer into it. It just, I, I start telling the joke and I'm like, oh no, I can't pull out. I can't just stop this joke and be like, you know what? I've had another thought guys. Let me just do another joke. I just go into it. I, I say paraplegic. Because it's quite far, I know the joke, it's quite far into the joke that you you say it. Yes, and so I, this whole time I'm thinking about it as I'm like, how am I going to, nope, I can't jump this, I, there's no other line that I can think of in this time to fix this joke, I just have to run into it. So I run 100 miles into it, and everybody but the guy in the wheelchair and another person in the room laughs. <laughs> oh, the and guy in the wheelchair doesn't laugh? The guy in the wheelchair laughs. He's, he's, oh, one he's of the, the only, only one that laughs. Yes, and this other female scattered across the room and everyone else in the room looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at him and I go, is there something I should know? Is there... And I, <laughs> I stop the joke. Rather than just push ahead, I stop the joke and go, guys... They want to be treated just like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets more weird. <laughs> Even though it, I'm right. But I, I'm fucking... I'm, <laughs> You're right, but there's nothing funny about no, it. No, there's not. And we're at a comedy show. That I'm supposed to be doing well. And then I, I somehow managed to um, scrape my the belly of the plane against the floor and then pull it back up and uh, do, a, do a, a fine job. Run away out of that room um, before I had to talk to that wheelchair guy. But <laughs> <laughs> Down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out. Kryptonite was uh, yeah right there, so I ran for them, and then um, but yeah no, I felt like such a fucking douche. So no, last no, week, because I got I, sixty or eight. I I so okay. So I think in that case, because the joke isn't making fun of no, people wheelchairs at all. It, it, it's like it's quite incidental that you and the, I think the word paraplegic is just quite harsh, but it's, it's also the correct term. It's just descriptive. It's descriptive, and I think you're right. It's so every time like when I was uh, when I was a much younger comic. And trying to do edgy stuff. The only time I ever did a wheelchair joke in front of someone in a wheelchair, he laughed and no one else did. Mm -hmm. Because everyone else is like, oh, he's going to hate this. But you're right. They probably, like, Dude. people in those positions probably want to be included in jokes as opposed to, like... You're, that pre-assumes that everyone in a wheelchair does not have a sense of humour. Yeah, what if you did a lot of, like, yeah, what if you did a whole bunch of stare material? That would be worse. I love the fact, I love your sentence, you were like, the only time I ever, like, was worried about doing a wheelchair joke was when there was a guy in a wheelchair in the room. I thought that you were going to say, the only time I ever did a wheelchair joke was when there was a guy with a wheelchair in the room. <laughs> what you, what, I don't understand what just happened. What did you just say? I thought you were saying that the only time I ever indulge in a wheelchair joke... Oh, that's the only time I'll ever do it. ...when there is a wheelchair... To make them feel welcome. <laughs> I, I, I write it on the spot. I don't, I don't... I don't talk about them behind their backs. I just, if I just... <laughs> Professor Xavier, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for a terrible retelling of my understanding. No, no, no. That's... Uh, that. I think you're right. I think... And it's so telling. I also love... So the other person that laughed that wasn't in the wheelchair, unrelated to the wheelchair guy... Oh, like, completely unrelated. That's so funny. It was, it was a table that was just having a good time and thought the oh, joke was funny God. and everyone else cranked their neck over to the left and to <laughs> my right. <laughs> and I was like, and I didn't address it at first and been like, I've seen him too. But I, <laughs> but I, but I, but I was like, is there something I should know you guys? Put it on them. And then they just kept looking over at me and then him. And then I was just like, Look, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm writing a pretty significant piece of material about people in wheelchairs, but also midgets right now, and I just don't think <laughs> midgets in wheelchairs. <laughs> Maybe there is some point. Maybe there's a role for some synergy. You there. Really are trying to lift some weight out there on the stage. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm just going real niche, real niche <laughs> offensive. But uh, I, I do think uh, if any, if if I ever saw, especially mine, it's not my my wheelchair joke is not descriptive. 
It is. <laughs> it's a very big part of the joke. I think if anyone was, I would just abort immediately. I would abort. And when I say right abort, the I mean <laughs> when I say abort, I mean do an abortion joke. <laughs> yeah, you're like abortion, abortion. Like, no one can know that I have four hours on Peter Dinklage. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So uh, what what else we got on today? So okay. how many gigs? All right. So if we're starting fresh. Oh, this yeah, has been, not been a good week for me. You so you're, you're sitting on. Well, do you, you want to update the, the the people tremendous on what? Oh, we're so we got to work this quick. out. All right. So because we don't think we 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 think it's a good idea for us to be tracking gigs, but we also kind of feel that not all gigs are equal. Mm. So we're, we're trying to work out if there's some kind of point system we can work out. And I pointed out that some creative people in the Sydney comedy scene made uh, what I don't know maybe a year ago, a little bit more. Um, the Sydney Open Mic Monopoly board game. Which never got the attention it deserved. That's what we always said amongst w- our about friends. About whoever made it. I, that's what we were trying to say. We were like, who are these talented and handsome folks that have put together such a yeah. well thought out... So if you they guys, should start a podcast. And so the idea was that if you wanted to seek out, and we'll, it'll probably, um, if we'll try and find it, we'll, re- we'll repost it kind of thing for for you folks but what you all you had to do was print out this um monopoly board game and put it over a real monopoly board game mm-hmm. and then you could play sydney open mic monopoly and like you could and each one of the one each one of the um, properties was an open mic or a, a booked room and so you know like mayfair was like the, the comedy the store, store yeah and the brown ones were like um crown crown comedy and stuff like that a lot of them was, are gone now dude Rest in peace. Well, that's what makes it even more nostalgic. And yeah, so, yeah. like, you just talk about, as you roll the dice, you talk about times that you bombed around there and stuff like that. It's good fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're so going to use that as our sort of scale yeah, um, okay. of, of the point system of, like, what... Because what one... A booked room should not, in my opinion be the same value as a room that you can sign up to for free kind of thing. Like it, there should be at least um, a recognition that there's a little bit more points and that's why I think there should be a scale. And then there's also a part of me that thinks there's some terrible rooms that should be worth double points. Like oh. it's 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 like it's like a, a, a U shape. Like the middle ones, just the okay <laughs> ones are the least points. But then like the really hard ones to get and the really easy ones to get are the extremes. Like I think crowd comedies a a Seven pointer. That's so funny that your brain works in U-shaped graphs as well. I well, I was going to use the term <laughs> parabola, but I knew that would mean nothing to you. <laughs> Scramble my parabola. <laughs> no, but like I'm down with that. Um, if you guys can think of any creative ways that we can do side points, like um, I don't know, if you would attack an audience member, you get like five points. You know, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. I don't know, whatever. If, if, yeah, if you make a joke about someone in a wheelchair who's in the audience, that's yes. ten points. And what, the way that we have to confirm it is either you have to have the recording as you should do if you're a good comedian listening to your notes. Or you need, Tom said earlier in the week, crack me up, two witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> two witnesses. One to substantiate the first witness. <laughs> one Because he knows I can't afford to pay off two people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to cross-examine both of them. <laughs> Where uh, were you on the night of Elliot's bomb? <laughs> I was right there, man. <laughs> I saw the whole thing. Um, in terms of, yeah, we've got to keep track of our gigs. So wait, how many, if we're just doing pure numbers, how many gigs you do this week? Um, this week I did, let me just do a quick count up, uh, two Monday, two Tuesday, one Wednesday, big week, one, um, one on Thursday, one on Thursday and nothing tonight, six and you got two tomorrow. What is, what's tomorrow? Oh, wait, one tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we've got, oh, we'll yeah. talk about that we'll in the next episode. Yeah, but yeah, yeah we got a, we got a couple seven. like private gigs. We have a little pri- 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 private. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing so well. I did two on Monday and that's it so far. I really laughed at those numbers when you first told me, but, um, it's all right. That actually, that actually, it's scary to me because that is the equivalent of, um, 
making the guy angry in a fight that you don't want to make angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're just like, yeah, like, except instead of angry, it's just self-conscious. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Tom's going to go home. And be, yeah. Like it's going to be like Steve jobs and be like, I'm taking over kind of thing. Like this might be the best thing for your career. <laughs> when, when I, yeah. This is going to be, well, it's going to be the best thing for my career and the worst thing for my mental health. Yeah. Cause every time I'm at home, not doing it, I'm like, oh, it's out there gigging. I'm going to buy a case next week. I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, even like when we we had a phone call yesterday, and you were out doing gigs, and you're like, "Where are you at tonight?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm 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 going to dinner with my dad." And you were like, "Oh, good man." And I'm like, "Yeah, you would say that, you piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did I get that from you? Sometimes you're. Some days we'll be texting, and there is no way that you you, you just have no ability to hide. <laughs> you're annoying. At the time you're just like, I'm like, hey man, how's your day been? And you're like, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, the other thing that I think we need to speak about in terms of okay, I think we, we we've kind of said, in my mind, and I've said this before, the the foot. Uh, the the feet in the street competition is the best thing this podcast has done. We need more of these big picture ideas. Or mm. We could use more of these big picture ideas. I've reached out to the Australian Wrestling Federation. They have gotten back to me, but just being like, what's your plan? I think they were thinking we're just going to sponsor them. No, no, no. We want to be... Ideally, we want to be tag team champions. But if we can't be tag team champions, we just need to feature in an event. Those ideally. are the stars. We could, then we, can, we, could, we could end up on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah you exactly. Know what I mean? And uh, so that's, that's, the, uh, that's the, the starting place. Uh, if you could, we'll, we'll post on our Facebook and on our Instagram the link. Please spam the Australian Wrestling Federation, the AWF. Say you want the Tremendous Boys in an event. Uh, we are very, very keen. I'm keen to choke slam uh, Elliot through a table at I, some stage. I'm serious about this. Like, guys, we want to get the... Um, I don't think that based on my... Uh, I've never been to a, an Australian wrestling match, but m on my knowledge... Um, anecdotally, anecdotally of where of other people that have been, it's always the smallest attendance. I know that Tom and I together in spandex could pack that place out. <laughs> I know we could. Yeah, and they do events in two places, Blacktown and Marrickville, and I'm really rooting for Marrickville. We'll do the <laughs> events, and we'll be like great content. We're done. What's the next competition? They'll be like, guys, what, are you coming back for SummerSlam two? <laughs> <laughs> now walking away on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, like GSP. The other one, I think, and I, I'm excited about this, and we need to kind of hash out the details. Maybe we can talk about it now. Is the tremendous Puntathlon. Tremendous Pantathlon. Tom came up with that name uh, today, and I fell in love with it. Tremendous Pantathlon. So the idea is Elliot obviously is uh, a renowned uh, deviant who loves to gamble away all of his money. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and, and actually, like, I think people, people would be surprised. I love the pokies. Oh, he's I, I catch him there at open mic. Sometimes I'm like, "Where's Tommy? Isn't he here?" And then I just hear, I just need to follow the bling, 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 bling. <laughs> and there's Tom just like mindlessly slapping away. I'm like, "Don't you spend a whole day in a cubicle, you idiot?" <laughs> uh, so I'm 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 quite fond of the gambling. So we were thinking about next competition, some kind of gambling competition. We were thinking there are just so many different forms of gambling. How do we attack all mm. of them? The Puntathlon, five gambling events. Here's what I'm thinking, Elliot. Horse racing, dog racing, casino games, sport gambling, pokies. Those are my five. Would you add, like would, you, would you change any of them? Well, the only thing is um, maybe uh, like the horse racing and dog racing could be one. You'd just be racing. That would be my first just little thing. Um, sports one, obviously. Pick. I like your idea the first week. Last week was... Um, pick a, a day that there's a lot of sporting events on so that there's multiple games to bet on. Yep. 
Um, and even the more obscure, the funnier. You yeah, know what I mean? That's pretty good. Russian Russian um, table tennis, I mean. Yeah, I remember seeing a, an article about these two guys who are professional gamblers, and the whole thing was, if you know enough about, they, they bet on football, as in soccer. Mm. And like, if you know Shame enough- on you, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you know enough about soccer, you can beat the odds of the book. If you know more about soccer than the bookies do, and these guys were legitimately gambling on Russian under-16s women's soccer, like- Wow, that How, is so you gotta, cool. You got to spend a lot of time around a Moscow high school to learn about, <laughs> <laughs> or you just got to find him attractive. I mean, maybe you just bring your work home. You know, <laughs> if that's what you're doing, I'd, I'd be suspected suspect of all the guys gambling on high school football. You know, sort of like, uh, have you you know uh, LeBron James? And they're like, no, I know. Uh, Corey James <laughs> down the mean, down at uh, high school. Down, down LA. Why are you watching those games? I never understood that. Um, it's like, oh, is Corey James the guy, the quarterback? You know, the Texas quarterback who ended up in a wheelchair. It's like, no, 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 that's Friday Night Lights. Dude, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, in Texas, they, like, they they got such good like high quality high school football that they they uh, it warrants having fans. Oh, have you ever watched any of those documentaries about high school football players who go on to be? Nothing. Yeah, I it's wrote my personal interest project about it for society and culture. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> no, it was just about um in in like in high school. I wrote about like uh the expectations that kids in sm- uh big in small towns or big towns, uh, small towns in terms of population, but in Texas like geographically large, um that when the football games are on, all the shops are closed. The guy that you uh, buy your milk from knows that you had a shit game on the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. so this pressure that's put on these young kids' shoulders from such an early age either turns them into diamonds or breaks their backs. Mm. And so that was my whole sort of, like, little uh, dissertation on that shit. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, yeah, that's interesting. I think especially the idea of, like, these star quarterbacks going on to just achieving nothing in their mm. life. Um, but having you everything used to be handled a, to them. A, a star quarterback, didn't you? I used to be the star quarterback <laughs> of the uh, UNSW Raiders. Uh, alumni at this point, <laughs> I argue with uh, friends. And are they are they div one? Is that is they? Are they um, uh, where, where, how do they compare to the Longhorns? They, they? <laughs> yeah, no, we're just the it's just an Australian side. It's a lot of fun, um, but yeah, no, I used to like my identity was around football because I actually mm. was like I'm gonna I wanted to go to college. I went to um, uh, Oregon University for this summer camp and stuff like that, and like went over there. But that was actually probably the most reality shattering moment because like you just got to see kids from like um, every state in the country, like kids from Hawaii, Mississippi, like everywhere. And they were all the cream. And and you were just like kids at 15, 16, when I was like 17, they could bench more than you, squat more than you, faster than you. Yeah, the idea of you playing uh, high school football in Sydney and wanting to make it to college reminds me of like, the one white kid at my private school who wanted to be a hip hop artist. <laughs> like, that's never happened. Was it logic? It's never happening, Blake. It's not gonna happen, man. Yeah, no, dude. It's um, it's insane. Just write poetry. My brother used to go. To, he was um a bartender at the um oh fuck I'm gonna try and remember. It's the Irish bar in Central called the um the Happy something or no not the Happy. It's the it's like an Irish word for wanderer or something. And like they all sing a song at the end of the night, they all sing like an Irish um, song kind of thing anyway. But he was working there and there was this guy with bad acne and stuff like that, that quit this job from the kitchen and was like, now nah, I'm going to go and pursue my music. And everyone kind of laughed at him. The guy was flume. <laughs> Dude was flume. And he's like, yeah, I worked with flume for a couple, couple months before he was like, yeah, fuck this place. Yeah, yeah, shit. Uh, Back to the pentathlon. Okay, Sorry. so he, the reason I separated dog and horse was I think we actually go 
to the the dogs in Glebe. We can totally do that. True. Yeah. On the same day? Yeah, yeah. If we do, we got to do a Friday night okay. is when it's on. But we, that might clash with footy. We can get an early game. We can work this out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Any, so what? I just don't know if I can do two days of this pressure. No, of course not. I mean, I mean, you're going to be gambling either way. It's just whether it's podcast material or not. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to be drinking <laughs> so heavily <laughs> and so biting my nails. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's what are we do. We're doing 20, 20 bucks. What What do you think? So we've been doing five events. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. Uh, do you want to do twenty five an event? Twenty five an event or thirty? <laughs> Let's do this game. <laughs> <laughs> How high can we get before you get annoyed? <laughs> I mean, like sixty. <laughs> I'm worried for you. <laughs> I mean, this isn't my. It's yeah, like Tom's like I'm secure. <laughs> every Every dollar increase is two dollars for me for the money I'm gonna have to lend you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's uh, tw- we'll do twenty five, and we're doing five events, so uh, one twenty five each, right? One hundred and twenty five each buy-in, and is it just is it whoever wins the event who who made more money out of get like is it at the end of the night everything together, or is it like you won horse racing, I won sports gambling, you won pokies? Great question. I think it's a monetary thing. I think it's whoever can win the most amount of money because maybe you lose everything on on the races, maybe you lose everything in the casino games. But you pull it all together for the freestyle match the or something for the pokies. <laughs> the thing I hate the that most would be makes the me go worst. across the line. Could you imagine? It's like you have just consistently outbet me. You've studied form guides. Yeah. You've been watching NRL for twelve weeks, yeah. and then I just hit a five dollar feature on the pokies. And, and you take would know home. how. I don't even know how to split my bets down to like one set. You know, you people like they go, "I'm broke," I like down to like three dollars. Let me do five cent bets. I'll teach you I don't after the competition. <laughs> <laughs> I. And, and you know I'm not going to like research it up until the day. Oh, uh, EJ, I mean, pokies is a thinking man's it's a thinking man's game. You can't just waltz into a pokey room and think you're going to start earning money, all right? You got to work at this, baby. <laughs> it's a thinking man's mistake. <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by milk. Do you like milk? Are you drinking it right now? What is your favorite kind of milk? If you said oat or cow, then you might be just like me. Before I met the Tremendous Milk of the Month Club, the Tremendous Milk of the Month Club will send you six fresh bottles of milk from a species breast that we won't tell you about. Not until the end of the month at least, that's part of the fun. Before I met Tremendous Milk of the Month Club, I hadn't come first in anything. And now they're telling me I'm patient zero with something called blood lice. Yay me, Tremendous Milk of the Month Club. Tremendous Milk of the Month Club. Hey man, I don't think you've given me soy. So tomorrow, uh, I have a friend of mine, uh, quick story, it's going to begin. I met this guy during my dating my first serious girlfriend in high school. Um, I went to a party of uh, my girlfriend at the time's friend and and my girlfriend's friend's brother was playing live music at the party that we were at. Just him? Just him with his band. Sorry. Oh, okay. So there's two other guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so no. <laughs> him plus two. So then there were um they were doing Rage Against the Machine covers and stuff like that. Absolutely slaying it. Actually, we played his track, Mozzie, on a couple of episodes earlier. I like that track. Ryan Anthony. Ryan Anthony, shout out. Mother, he's a bad motherfucker out of Sydney. And um, anyway, we caught up at a gig. Uh, he likes my stuff on stage. And he also, I got him onto the tremendous podcast, 
he likes our stuff and he loves Tom as well. And he asked us, uh, he's doing a house party for his birthday where also there's going to be some live music and he has asked us to open up for his band. So I was thinking about this. Um, I would precursor this by saying the idea of doing comedy any but anywhere but a comedy club, and I know club is a loose term in Sydney, anywhere but where it's advertised you are coming to see comedy scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Like I, I hate it. Yeah, 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 I know. And he's made a poster as well for us. He says It says... Uh, Tremendous comedy by uh, Elliot Rudy and Tom uh, Thomas Wickham, and so what we're going to be doing is um, some comedy. Bef- I, I, we're going to be getting up stage and inter- <laughs> and interrupting some conversations. Yeah, is what in- we're going to be um, doing. Not just conversations, very drunk and high conversations. <laughs> These they're actually quite respectable folks. Um, he said that his friends are very keen for it. I feel like he's put out a word. Um, so. This may become a story of, uh, you know, I can't ever talk to this guy again. <laughs> or it may just, it may just be the, uh, you know, a great wake. Because he was like, I'm going to pay. He's like, I don't have much money. but um, And I didn't tell you this. He said, I've, I've been thinking about this. I've, uh, I feel bad. I want to pay you guys. I thought he was going to pay you in free cocaine. That was the first offer <laughs> I took with open arms and open nostrils. And then, and then, but then uh, that he was, I, I de- declined his offer of money for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I actually was going to screenshot it. And I was like, actually, this could become weird. I was like, there's no way I want to take this money. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry Tom. <laughs> All right. I was thinking about this and you can shoot this down if you want, but I think this would be fun. What do you think about doing, uh, assuming they have two microphones, which they might not, but if they do, both of us on stage at the same time. Ooh. Because I've seen, so my uh, my raw, my first ever raw, I think it was a heat, it might have been a semi-final. You know how they have, so um, raw comedy is a competition they do in Sydney each year um, for amateur stand-ups and uh, the way it works, they have a professional MC, then they have all the amateur acts, but just before they announce the winner of that night or whatever, they have a professional act do like a, what they call a feature act, does mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minutes. And the first time I ever saw uh, that happen, it was Sam Campbell and Cam Duggan as a double act That's on stage awesome. together. I didn't know who either of them were at the time, but a, a huge fans of both since. And they were just both on stage at the same time and they were kind of riffing and talking to people in the crowd. But then when they were giving each other, they would, because they know each other's material well enough, they would give each other layups of materials to do. Cool. So there was a part where... Um, <laughs> That's a great <laughs> idea. Can we be like an Abbott and Costello kind of thing? <laughs> like who's on first kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not Abbott and Costello, but sure. Wait, isn't it? Uh, isn't that... Uh, or is it Abbott and Costello? I didn't think... I believe it is. Oh, I no, I'm thinking of... Okay, no, I'm who's thinking of... Who's on first? Of, uh, he, yeah, anyway, so uh, let's absolutely do that. And Tom... Are we really going to do that? Do, I mean, let, I like that idea. I like that idea. And I was thinking... Okay, so I think we, we got to do some riffing and stuff and some, you know, like crowd worky stuff at the start, which is great because we both suck at that. Uh. Uh, but then what we could maybe do is, because uh, we both have so many jokes and we both have such short jokes. Oh, that adds to, that's going to add so much more preparation we have to do. Well, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I'm not going to go into a double doing nothing. I'm too nervous. Oh, you that. wouldn't? Okay. I was thinking what we could do is uh, ask people to like throw out if categories of jokes to see whether either of us has a joke about it. That's a good way to do it after we've already crushed <laughs> yeah, individually. Okay. And then we come back up on stage and we're like, you guys, we have a little bit of your faith. Um, I, look, I'm down. I look, I'm, I'm fine with doing it individually. Like, I know it's going to be a kick in the nuts, but then I'm going to go off and do cocaine. And uh, But, but th- I'm not. <laughs> so what do I get out of this? I, warm hugs from me. Warm, <laughs> high hugs from me. because <laughs> Oh, because, yeah, the, that emotional drug cocaine. <laughs> that always ends in hugs you'll and never to, in have arguments. To deal with a lot of conversation from me. <laughs> and when I say conversation, I mean monologuing. It's yeah. like I never got off stage. Yeah, I know. I'll just do it to your angry eyes. <laughs> I'm respecting you so much less. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got that house party this weekend. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be 
tremendous. Um, okay, so what are we, what what are we going to talk about? Other gigs, because I mean, we've both done turns True. and gigs, not at comedy shows before. I think that that's a rite of passage as a comedian to do to make the mistake of doing a gig that um, we're doing tomorrow. You all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all. So actually, tomorrow I have back to back non comedy venue gigs. I'm doing this this party uh, of uh, of your mates. Ryan, is mm-hmm. it? Ryan, tomorrow night, and then I'm going straight from that. And which, by the way, is also we're going on like six p.m. Why didn't you ask me to come to this house party gig? You fucking because I didn't organize it. I didn't organize this one, and I asked you to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Move on. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll argue about this later. <laughs> one of our close friends doesn't think you're talented. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that's a lie. Okay. <laughs> One of our close friends doesn't think you're reliable. Is that a lie? <laughs> that's also a lie. I'm always on time. No, oh, except for... Except if you live, wait, three hours away, is it? Fucking, uh, wait, uh, Sam Menzies? What are we, what's that? Oh, wait, were we late to that one? No, I've never been, but he just lives so far away that no, it's, it's likely not, no, I would it's be. No, it's not Menzies. It's, uh, it's someone else. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you also missed it. You started this, this podcast by talking about missing a spot. And they're lucky to have me. (laughs) They should be grateful to have me two-thirds of the time. (laughs) The fact that I came and uh, gave the comedians the sprinkle dust that they needed. (laughs) You just imagine where it's like, now, we've got this guy, Elliot Rivetti. There is a 33% chance he won't show up. But if he does... <laughs> he, oh, and we pay him either way. Hold but if he on gets to there, your socks. <laughs> please. He will steal them. <laughs> please. No paraplegics. <laughs> it's, it's written in his writer. It's in his contract. <laughs> will Stephen out. <laughs> is that Stephen Hawking? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Okay, so Tom, what, what are you... Have you ever done a gig that... Um, okay, you know what I actually know about you, Sam? Menzies has a gig where you did a gig for him at his house party. Great little gig that Sam Menzies, um, friend of the so, podcast, so the context was this. Member. The, the the context of this is like uh, in the middle of COVID when pubs were still closed or not really doing events and stuff, but you could have gatherings in house households. Uh, Sam Menzies would start putting on these house party gigs where he would have a stage in his living room and a microphone, and he would invite three or four comics and twenty of his friends to come and watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did it twice, and the second time was really great. Everyone was super into it. Everyone was really glad to be there. The first time, it was like, um, it was like when a group of children ask the parents to watch their dance. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, we made a dance. Do you want to watch it? And they're like, not really, but I guess we have to, don't we? They all came in just being like, um. How much of this is there? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's always been my fear. Like, my only uh, trepidation or my only, like, um, prerequisite for this show that we're doing tomorrow is I was like, can we do it when the sun's down? We're not going to... No. We won't be able to. No, as he said, I think that should be possible. But the band start at six. So? So when are we doing it? Because I have to when go to this other gig at eight. Well, fuck that gig, Tom. <laughs> Where is that gig? Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter land? <laughs> doesn't matter land Tom I don't know where that is Because it doesn't matter <laughs> So what You think it's going to be Later in the night After the band starts When everyone's um, high on cocaine On my demand Yes mm. <laughs> When those are my When they when they turn into the frequency That are my people <laughs> <laughs> So also at uh, Not going to happen land Yeah Is that 
<laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like midnight in From Dust Till Dawn <laughs> when they all turn to vampires in the bar. <laughs> and it's just like, Elliot! <laughs> and they carry me out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, or I was thinking more Cinderella and the microphone in your hand turns into a rat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, so wait, no, you you've got a you. So you have a story of doing stand up at a place where no one wanted stand up to happen. Oh no! Well, at least of all you, except for my cousin, my cousin's birthday. And uh, how old's your cousin? He's uh, what is he? So he's um, he's older than me, but um, so he'd probably be about. I'm just trying to figure out if he's f- f- five years or under five years. Within five years of me. Okay. Okay. So there, but we grew up together, love each other to bits, and he saw my he's seen my comedy a bunch of times. And he's always the loudest laugher. He and and honestly, frankly, I got a lot of my cadence and timing from him growing up. He is your cousin, funny. Anthony Jeselnik. <laughs> <laughs> he's just so funny. He's, he's uh, he would he was so he was so mean sort of thing to his younger brother that he would make him when he when he would say his younger brother's name, just his name, it would make it sound like an insult. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said his name, it was like a jab. <laughs> He was so fucking funny, dude. And uh, anyway, so he would come to my shows. He was like, can you do comedy at my birthday party? And I was like, I sure can. And so it was at this venue where they were already playing music in the venue. And there was just drums and bass coming right through. And so when I got up on stage, like, I was just like, this is. And they had him. Oh, man. His mom, who is this lovely, my auntie, is this lovely woman, but is just not with it. And she she asked this. She was like, there's this uh, comedian who's all that I know who ended up being, I can't even remember his name, was the worst thing I've ever seen. He was doing comedy tricks. He was doing magic tricks. He was just doing magic tricks where he would get somebody in the audience to participate and then sh- and then do a bad job of the magic trick and then shit on them for trusting him that they thought that he would do a good magic trick <laughs> and be like, oh, you already know. Like, he was like, oh, you thought there was going to be a card there anyway. That's not a good job. Like a move on kind of thing. And it was the worst thing. So he bought, he brings me on and there's music pumping through and I'm like, I'm so glad that my intro song is still playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? As I like, even though I walked on stage and I'm like, ah, uh, for about the first. So wait, so just to be clear, the magician was on before you. On before was me, opening for you. And would not get off, brings me on stage and um, after like 25 minutes. What, what's the, what is the age of the crowd? Like who's there? My family. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's my mum's side. And so uh, it's all like my, my cousin and stuff like that. Lovely, they're like, you know, lovely people. A lot of them I haven't even met, but a lot of them I had, uh, I knew and stuff like that. And they hadn't seen me do comedy and they were very nervous for me. For about 120 seconds, I'm bombing. I'm just eating dicks. It's going uh, badly, but I um, do not let, I do not break. And then I start making fun of the family. And it, that, that's when it all starts changing. I was like, don't do jokes. Just start making fun of the family. And um, while I was on stage, my cousin's father, uh, he's, he's your uncle, my cousin's father. No, he's not my uncle. Oh, he's he's outside of the. Um, no, it, it, it's my auntie. Is is uh, his mother? But then she married this guy outside of the family. Okay. So he's um, step uncle. Is that what would you call it? Yeah, like I never looked at him that way. So anyway, but like, he's, uh, so anyway, so the, just, is there a more molesty sounding family member than step uncle? Yeah, <laughs> that's why we never called him that. But like, I think his, his name was Glenn. His name was Glenn kind of thing. Lovely uh, guy in pieces, but he did this thing. He was also very, um, he, he just wasn't, he wasn't a nice guy actually. Like he, I said, he's a lovely guy. Wasn't a nice guy. He wasn't a nice guy. And, and my family didn't like him. He didn't like my family. And my cousin and I loved each other. Uh, it was, you know, like that. But 
he was there. And when I'm bombing, he's sitting next to his mother, who's um, aptly in a wheelchair, uh, sitting next to him at the table. And while I'm bombing, has the a bigger grin than I've ever seen him smile on his face. Oh, no. Laughing at me. The moment I start doing a good job roasting the family, he wipes the grin off his face, pulls his chair out, stands up, and wheels his mother out of the room. <laughs> 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 and I made fun of him on the way. I was like, what is that? To-? And she- <laughs> <laughs> the old lady in the old in the wheelchair gave me a thumbs up, but like I was, <laughs> walked one and a half people. I was like, uh, yeah. Anyway, it was it, it, I walked one and a half people with success, <laughs> and which is awesome. But uh, but not, no, not the people in wheelchairs are half people. No, they had a half walk. It was a nice. It was oh, a, I'm gonna cut. I was a set. I, it was a set. I was actually really happy with. Like by the end of it, I got to it, and they were like, "That's uh, we thought you were so much worse at this, Elliot. <laughs> You've done a very good job. So. Yeah, but it's also like, yeah, but the part of me that actually does this, you hate it. Mm. I don't go up at fucking the comedy store and talk shit about my family. But, but I also didn't know I could do that before. Yeah, okay. And I probably couldn't. And so I'm forced to do that in comedy sometimes. And so I just strengthened a muscle unexpectedly. And I was like, <laughs> this is a positive. St- start bombing and start making fun of your family. I actually just, w- the first thing was that I started telling the family that um, this is, uh, I can't believe that you could afford me um, pulling, pulling, pulling all the money together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've, this is at a much smaller venue than what it would have been had I not been here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, God bless t- Ben for that kind of thing. And then my, his little brother had just had a baby. And so I did, started doing, dropping the baby jokes and stuff like that. Like, but, but, like about him, about, yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. And uh yeah, just that, that was that was killing. And so, um, yeah, guys, if you're ever out there doing a wedding uh, rehearsal, like a wedding speech or anything, just start shitting on the family. And they all love that. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the tip. There you go. Ru- I've just ruined a bunch of <laughs> This podcast is not brought to you by Coconut Water. Approximately 150 people are killed every year from falling coconuts. And do you ever wonder what happens to those coconuts? Or do you just go on living life without thinking about the coconuts? Well, here at Tremendous Killer Coconut Water, we can't stop thinking about coconuts responsible for manslaughter. We rush those coconuts off the crime scene, freshly squeeze them, put them in a bottle and have them rush to your lips so that you can go, mmm, tastes just like coconut water. If you don't mind a beverage that tastes different every single bottle that you open, well then coconut water might be for you. Kill a tremendous coconut water. Hey Bob, I'm thirsty. Take a step or two to the left. Perfect. So it's been a, a hot minute since we've heard from my manager extraordinaire, Slater Campbell. Uh, an, an enthusiastically long time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I have a voicemail. I got a voicemail from from my agent. Uh, I, I kind of I don't know where he is right now. I've heard some troubling things, but well, anyway, I'll I'll play it and we'll see what we got. Thomas Rocket Fuel Wits. Thomas Rocket Fuel Wits was the greatest rocket fuel that there ever wits. What do you think of that? Before we get to the niceties, Tom, let me address some of the rumors and vicious lies that are going to be flying around about me at the moment. Lies like I have fled to Cuba. And to those rumors, I say, no entiendo. I mean, how would I even get into Cuba with my arrest record? To do that, Thomas Wickham, I would need to know personally and be great friends with. Had dinner at his place four or five times. Cuban president, Miguel Diaz-Canel. And that's ridiculous. that's ridiculous. I mean, like, people say that he's a bad guy. Did he help fund the revolution led by Che Guevara? 
very vicious and sexy lies, Tom. Very vicious and sexy lies. But we can sit around here and talk about rumours all day, but or, or we can get to cold hard facts. Facts like I know that your co-host, Etienne, is now the newest patsy in my brother Sterling's lollipop man scheme. And, and don't mince my words, Tom. It is a scheme. And how do I know? Because I was Sterling Campbell's first patsy. That's right. Even I was susceptible to his so-called role of a lifetime. But I won't let that happen to you, Tom. I'm not going to let that happen to you. What we are going to do, though, is take that job from Eddian and from Sterling. I'm not going to have you in the show that I was going to have you in next. The big show that I was going to have you in next with uh, little names in comedy, such as, uh, I don't know if you've heard, Rove Live. Mr. Live is going to be there. Hamish and Andy, which for the record, when I met them, was still Andy and Hamish. Who do you think just swapped them around? Slayer. All of this in uh, in Brisbane. Lots of people, use your imagination, Suncorp Stadium. Or, when I'm there, it's known as Mooncorp Stadium. I was going to take you to Mooncorp Stadium, Tom. But we got bigger fish to fry. Fish on the moon. Fish that we need to catch and then throw back into the ocean just to prove that they're nothing. So when I say to you, Tom, Callante, sare, un momento. Tom, I need to go, okay? Look, I, I, I don't have time to be calling you right now. I'm making things happen. Uh, don't take any more calls from my brother, Sterling. All right. Ciao. I mean, goodbye. Did he? Does he think Rove McManus's last name is Live? It's not important. What's important <laughs> is his success. And what hat size is he? I need, I've been trying to get him a gift, but I, they're very expensive when you need them customly made. You don't think he has enough hats? I, you think he needs a hat from Elliot Rovetti? I don't think he thinks he not, has enough hats, and he doesn't know what I, what kind of hat I can bring. It might be like the uh, the goblet at the end of the Indiana Jones movie, uh, where where he's got to pick the right goblet kind of thing. Otherwise, like uh, he needs to pick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> do a Gandhi one. Here we go. We're gonna go. This is, yeah, this is exactly. I've gone full Gandhi. Um, what was it called again? <laughs> what was the, <laughs> the the thing that that people was like? Uh, that it's alluded to being um, Mary's ovaries or whatever. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Damn it. It's a chalice. It's a, it's a cup of sorts that you could drink. Mm-hmm. Um, Slater Campbell. <laughs> no, no, no. Go back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or do you want to talk about that weird Buddhist movie you tried to reference four weeks ago? <laughs> no, I, I thought I knew what it was, but I don't. It's... What is it? It's that well, thing. I was going to say the Ark, it was going to say the Ark of the Covenant, but it's not that. The Da Vinci Code was written around it. You remember they were like yeah. looking for that thing. Um, it's the burial. It's the burial. What is it? The burial. So, wait, site. No, that's that is the Ark of the Covenant, isn't it? No, the that's that is one of the um, Indiana Jones movies. We're gonna have to redo this whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah the 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 fuck. It's, it's, it's <laughs> I was like, which Indiana Jones is it? Indiana Jones in the Chamber of Secrets? What is it? <laughs> the the, the uh, Temple of Doom. Temple? No, no, but which is the one that you're talking about? The Raiders the, of the Lost Ark, and then there's the Last Crusade. The Last Cru- is the Last Crusade the one that you're talking about? <sighs> yeah, I think you're. I think it is. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. I think it is. And there's, there's the Knights Templar guy looking. The Holy Grail. It. How did that make us? We're fucking idiots. What do you think about doing this? May or may not end up in the podcast. What do you think about doing the tremendous centurion? I don't know what that is, but I also love that you're like deciding what's going to end up on the podcast. No, tell me. What oh, I'm sorry. Is. Like, are you editing this week? Is that what's <laughs> happening? You're going to edit this podcast. <laughs> you deserve that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's your right. <laughs> That's do you, you don't. You never did centurion. 
Centurion, Centurion, what is that? 100 shots of beer in 100 minutes. No, I'm not that silly. You never did that? 100 shots of beer in 100 minutes. It's not, okay, it's it's not an ungodly you amount don't of alcohol, do but this. it's very fast. You don't want to do this with me. I did it, I used to do it, <laughs> when I was on, in college at the States, I did it a couple of times, and it was the most fun, because you just like gradually get drunk and drunk, and you've got like milestones at each point. It's so much fun, and I can't find people to do it with me anymore, so I you think- You know we're be, doing that game. All right. Do you want to do Centurion? I think so, I think it'd be fun. I love that you want to do Centurion. You know Can my, we do Centurion with the milestones of drugs? <laughs> <laughs> and you get weirder and weirder as it's going first line is ketamine <laughs> i love this idea i was thinking Centurion. So, so the way we did it at, at, uh, at uni was like every 20 we'd have like a different game that we would play so we did like celebrity heads or something fuck that uh no but <laughs> we could drug. have a, we could have like um, you can do as many drugs as you want at any time you want. No, it's fine. No, but Centurion is what you... You have to make events why, around why, the drugs. Why, I try to meet you in the middle. Like, hey, do you want to play this drinking Tom, game? Only if there are drugs involved. If I'm not playing Centurion, then I just have a problem. <laughs> and that's not the case, is it, Tom? We're playing Centurion. <laughs> it's a game. It's for content. It's for our Patreon subscribers. I'm doing this cocaine for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I'm getting to meth and you're like, Elliot, are we... Look, I can't argue with the numbers. <laughs> I don't make the rules. But your veins. I, even though I wrote them all down. <laughs> I, I, I can't slap another vein for you, buddy. <laughs> like, Wait, Tom, we're running out of toes. Like, Tom, you could do a little meth. And you're like, no, 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 do more meth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, should we do a joke that we can get out of here? Mm-hmm. I think Tom should do it. I've also got one um, in the... I'm not going to... It's in the attic. So I've got to go and get it. But... Um, what do you mean it's in the attic? We live in a granny flat. Well, if it was in the chamber, <laughs> <laughs> if it was in the chamber, I'd be re ready to shoot it at your fucking larynx. <laughs> <laughs> so bullets are either in the chamber or in the attic, are they? Is if that... you're responsible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me have a look. Um, I don't know whether, because the ones that I've got, I've, I've had a, a running tally of jokes and I used two last week, which I'm not particularly happy about because I think one was probably good enough. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I might need to do two again now. All right. Do you want... <laughs> All right. The How many do you think you're burning bullets? I'm burning bullets as well every time I bomb with them too. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a, uh, a man walks into a pub and he sees a, a horse tending bar, pouring drinks, making cocktails. And the man is staring at him intently as this, as this horse is making a cosmopolitan behind the bar. And the horse looks up and he sees the man looking at him. And the horse says, what's the matter, buddy? Never seen a horse before behind a bar before? And the man goes, no, it's not that. It's just, I can't believe the ferret sold the place. <laughs> good enough. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Tremendous. Good on, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> it's not even you. It's my frequency. Coming no, like up on I you. knew exactly what you were talking about. I, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and then because I couldn't say Holy Grail, all of the other knowledge fell off. Bring in the. the no, nah, this is bonus material at the end. <laughs> oh, I'll ask you about this. Uh, what do you think about doing? <laughs> no, we have to do the Slater thing. What do we have to do? Are oh, we just going to post editing? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. No, it's good. This is why people listen. Um, 